of the Point Forward Podcast. We are getting closer and closer to the start of the NBA season. We're recording here on a Tuesday evening, the 26th of September, a couple weeks out. And uh, a lot has happened in the last week. We've been waiting Chaos. for that. Been waiting for that mellow move. Uh, you know, it's a lot of a lot of good news, a little bad. We're gonna hit all of it today. But PJ, before we dive in, how are you doing, man? I'm good. We wanted uh, we wanted some some content ultra to discuss, and uh, we got a whole big bag of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got uh, we have we, plenty uh, of content. Uh, we are not going to be short on topics today. Yeah, some of these things I, I wish we didn't have to talk about, but uh, we probably should. There's a lot of stick to stick to sports uh, narrative He's dead. around today. Sticks to sports and, is uh, dead. Hey, you know what? we're gonna do? We're gonna do what we want. <laughs> I don't think we could really comment on the weekend and what happened in the NBA without hitting on some of this stuff. So, you know, let's let's just start with what happened with the Warriors and Steph and LeBron and, and this whole Trump ordeal. So I'm not going to go through and read all the tweets that went back and forth, but it all started with Steph saying he wasn't going to go to the White House, Trump saying the Warriors are not invited, LeBron saying <laughs> that... Uh, you bum. That they... <laughs> Calling, calling Trump a bum him. and saying that you can't disinvite someone that wasn't going to go in the first place. And uh, people in general love LeBron's comments and just thought it was pretty great that he came to Steph's side, even though they're the two biggest rivals in the NBA. And uh, all in all, like, you know, we're not going to go into everything that was going on with the NFL this weekend, too, but just everything oh, that's. But we are. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe we need to. <laughs> we, need we need to. to we but, just need a, the hey, whole you know thing what? is gonna, like one. PJ, I'm going to give you the floor. Just tell <laughs> tell me your thoughts on this weekend. What what made you angry? Like out of the the protests that we saw, what what were your thoughts? Did you like what you see? You saw? Did you like LeBron's comments? What did you think? Oh, I mean, all the NBA stuff was was dope. Um, I mean. Yeah, old old Trumpito, big old Agent Orange. Uh, yeah, I think he picked a picked a fight with uh, some people that I I don't know if he's he really knows what he's getting himself into. Um, in general, North Korea. <laughs> yep, doesn't know what he's getting himself into there. Probably should have been <laughs> focusing on that rather than worrying about uh, you know dipping his toes into the sports world here. Uh, but he did officially kill stick to sports. Uh, sports can no longer be just stuck to sports there. Even though they never really were, they're always political in nature. There's always politics surrounding sports, so um, that that whole glass house is shattered, though. Um, and yeah, I guess yeah, I guess the NBA side of it, um, yeah, there was talk since the Warriors won if they would go. Um, you know, KD said he probably wasn't, you know, Steph, I mean, but the storyline for pretty much the entire time was like, oh, we're going to talk to you about it as a team and come to a decision, like what we're going to do. Uh, and those same, uh, same mess. They were still on message There nothing had changed there really. Um, and, and Steph was just saying like, he was basically like, yeah, probably not, but like still thinking about it um type of thing but was like yeah i you know just don't really see like that's something i want to do um and i think they were definitely tacking with the idea of like the argument that well if you do go like it's your opportunity to state and give your case um to a guy that and have a conversation with uh a, a person that's supposedly the best interest of everyone um and try to have a conversation about the issues that you want to address um, and and just make that commentary and have that conversation. Um, but it's pretty clear after this weekend that, A, the person that could actually make those changes and the impacts uh, doesn't want to have that conversation and is a child. And when he heard that maybe one of the players in the Warriors didn't want to go, his ego was hurt. Um, 
had no problem with the Patriots, you know, any of the Patriots not attending the the White House ceremony, and then was very quick to, uh, yeah, just shout out the Pittsburgh Penguins for <laughs> them deciding to go. Like, it was all, like, none of it was super surprising, um, but it was also just, like, super surreal uh, from the aspect that you're, like, you realize who the parties involved, that you have the president, in quotations there, um, and, like, the NBA champions who are going to quarrel, and then you have the best player in the world calling him out and calling him a bum. Uh, and just, like, in general, like, all the other responses, like Chris Paul, and, and there were a bunch of guys that were just, like, you know, starting to weigh in um, <laughs> on the whole thing, and it was uh, it was cool. I mean, from that perspective, just to see them come together. Um, I mean, you kind of tie in then with, like, the weekend. Um, and on the NFL side, like, I know we're going to touch on media day later in this, but that conversation was all over the place as far as, like, how is the NBA going to respond to this? What are they going to do? Like, are they going to protest the anthem, do anything? And when I say protest the anthem, I mean protest during the anthem because no one's actually protesting the anthem. They're... The entire cat. Well, that's a whole messy thing. We I don't want to really break down because there's plenty of smarter people out there that have done it. But protesting during the anthem and following the Colin Kaepernick, you know, you know, bringing up attention to police brutality and racial um, equality and police violence against against blacks. Um, you know, is the NBA gonna? kind of join in with the NFL on that. And a lot of the guys said, "Ah, we're going to talk about it as a team, etc." But I mean, the NBA has always been very socially forward on this and, and they've never had a problem with expressing themselves. You saw, um, guys wear black lives matter shirts and you've seen, I think more forward and, and very, you know, in your face kind of messaging from the NBA players. And I also think, the NBA has given these guys a platform and the ability to just freely just speak their opinion and just bring attention to it. I I think when you look at the NFL, it's that is kind of the the more of the for that sport and and that that league. It's doing a protest or an anthem like that is going to be something that is going to be a more effective protest, more of an effective thing. Whereas I think the NBA you've seen when guys have spoke on social issues it's it's been much more of a conversation it's um yeah maybe it's t-shirts for a game or if something just happens they'll they'll definitely speak to it but no one in the nba has ever been afraid to comment on these things so i think right as long as they continue to do that um and i think what lebron said yesterday was um one was you know our message was was well informed well spoken um, very intelligent guy, and it's just it was cool to see him. As you make the argument, I mean, guys like uh, MJ. I mean, MJ is famous for saying, "You know, Republicans buy Jordans too," um, and not kind of being. And he's the guy. right. Yeah, he, no, he is, and like you know, not saying anyone has to take on that, like I mean, type of thing, but when you are. LeBron James and and he's fully and willing and and has been for some time now ready to take this on. Uh, I think it's pretty pretty cool and I, I do think our current president is probably a little overmatched in that. What if it came to uh, you know going back and forth with with LeBron or really any of I mean how I mean it would be great to get like a roundtable with get LeBron like Pop Steve Kerr and Steph Curry. And then Trump, and just like <laughs> get your popcorn and just watch them just like run, run mental laps around this dude. But um, yeah, overall, just I mean, I was like pretty pumped, pretty proud of be a fan of the NBA. Just in general, just these guys and the league um, overall. I think and and what they did, if you did a, a comparison to the NFL. It was uh, felt one way more genuine. It didn't feel like there were alternative motives. 
uh, and, and there wasn't kind of guys capitalizing on on this this wave and and necessarily and and you know I will say one thing with the NFL is that you know Colin, you know what Colin Kaepernick is protesting if you pretend you don't you're just being willfully ignorant he's clearly sad and and you can find it very easily he's protesting you know police violence and equal rights for blacks and just equality in general things that are pretty i think everyone could agree are pretty basic things that everyone should want and, and sure. there shouldn't be really another side to that um but i think after this weekend with the nfl it's definitely like murky as far as all of those quote-unquote protests what they were all you know some of them i, I think were clearly just anti-trump and necessarily not you know joining arms with pun intended there with with uh with colin kaepernick's cause i I think it was just kind of a more of a solidarity of nfl versus trump and i I think the nba is as far as what they think and how their feelings are i think it's always been pretty clear and and i'll be very interesting as we move forward with this presidency and the league to just as these things continue to come up i mean be pretty wild if you put in if you really think if in four years next four years no nba champion goes to the white house um that would be 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 something (laughs) you know i don't think i can expected uh assuming the current president is in there i think that that's probably going to be the case and yep i do too the protesting is only beginning here uh this is going to be a sign of things to come this season and we're going to continue to talk about it as these things pop up. Uh, this weekend just seemed to really stick out because it was one of the few where NBA was starting to, to pick up, you know, and uh, with Twitter, these, these things can blow up at any time. And at the same, this happening at the same time with Trump really commenting on the NBA and the NFL, it just was everywhere, you know, and it's yeah. the, the biggest, <laughs> it's every star, uh, you know, the biggest, probably, I mean, probably the two biggest sports in this country i mean baseball's up there too but uh everyone had an opinion everyone had things to say it was something else i mean outside of i'd say maybe no i mean i i'd put lebron james as like the biggest athlete in the u i mean most well known sure he's got i mean he's probably number i mean it's him or then you go probably aaron Rodgers, tom brady yeah and we know those guys have kind of Tried to stay away from these things before, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean it's going to continue to to be something. Um, but I just thought it was really when you think like I didn't think about it initially because it was just all in the moment and it was wild to observe. But then you're like, oh, this guy tweeted all this wild stuff and then came at the NBA champions. Um, all of these NBA players respond, and then guess what? You have Monday when all these dudes are going to have mics in their faces and are going to be able to talk about it more and don't need 140 characters. They can lay out their full argument um, and, and just torch this dude. And um, it just, It's really interesting that he's now, quote-unquote, Trump is going to be taking on the... That he's going to be replacing Hillary with uh, fighting millionaire athletes and... Uh, Ironically, most of them end up being black uh, millionaire athletes. So uh, do that with what you might want to, but uh, I'd call it a touch of white supremacy, <laughs> maybe. Uh, yeah, just yeah. a touch. Just a touch? Maybe a full boat, I would maybe even say. Not even just a touch, the full full hand of it. But how about we uh, talk about some more fun stuff? Yeah, instead. I think so too. And, and real quick before we do that so yeah i didn't really get to talk about this too much and i don't really have a ton to say on this subject other than obviously i I disagree with everything uh everything that trump had to say it was it was an ugly an ugly saturday when i woke up and saw well it was yeah it was because saturday was kind of a blur for me but by saturday afternoon when i finally got caught up with things you know i was like whoa like this is really blown up and uh you know like i said I don't really have much else to say about it, just that uh, 
Wow. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I can't believe it blew up that fast. I can't believe that it, like the Warriors not wanting to go is not surprising, but how everything was handled and you know the whole um, handled like a child. rally <laughs> Friday night with the NFL, yeah. and then all of a sudden it's NBA Saturday, and it's like, what are we going to talk about Sunday? Like, what is next? And uh, anyway, let, let's move on. Uh, so, you know, another big thing. Oh. You pour mm. yourself a little drink over there? Ooh, yeah, yeah. This episode is brought to you by uh, Gumball. I hope it's Gumball or something good oh, like it's that. A, we have a spotted cow on. Oh. Spotted cow on tap in the studio. If only we had some Wait, more uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin Giannis talk to to bring up with that, which you know we might get a little Giannis in later. Well, but we're gonna before, get a little bit in there. Before we talk about Giannis, let's talk about Carmelo Anthony traded to the Thunder. Uh, yep. For Dougie Fresh, uh, Anus Cancer, and a pick. Um, second round pick. Yep. Second round pick. So, bef- does this materially change? the ceiling for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yes. This next season. <laughs> yes, you it does. So, so um, how yeah. about like regular season and postseason? Yep. I would say both of those. I mean, I think you would make the argument that they definitely could be this second best team in the West now. They could what? They could definitely be the second best team in the West now. Uh potential i mean that's like their potential ceiling i'd say and you know possibly a top three team in the league with with the acquisition with the acquisition of mellow um and i mean i like the fit in general i think of him going to a team i i really think what when you look at the deal i mean what they gave up i mean i like him going and playing with Paul George and Westbrook, I think there's a like actually from a basketball perspective, there's it, it could really work. Um, Houston, yeah, I think there was there was a chance there, but I think it was going to be a little bit messier just with the pieces that are there and what would have to be given up and everything. And just uh, when this this came up as like a possibility and that he said he would go there. I was uh pretty pretty wild. Um and I think uh Sam Presti right now is sitting on a pretty good lead as far as exec of the year already. If it does turn out well because he's taken Victor Oladipo, Enos Cantor, Sabonis and Doug McDermott and turned that into Paul George and Carmelo Anthony. And it's pretty for good. a year, but uh yeah, it's pretty pretty wild. Um like I've I've literally since since it got announced the trade over the weekend I've I keep thinking about it and that's the part that my head just keeps going wow. Like that's an insane turnaround. Um and just like I if you had told me that in May or you know April whenever we were having our little debate about Russ and Harden, and then you know you go through the playoffs and everything, and it's like we enter the off season. If you told me training camp's kicking off and Melo and Paul George are both going to be on the Thunder, and Thunder didn't have to give up any pit, you know, any real true assets, they just gave up some young, I mean, young players with long term contracts that probably they're they're happy to have off the books now too, because that's the other piece of it too is that. You say okay, it's like maybe only for a year, and all these guys leave. Well, great. You the Thunder literally have Stephen Adams' contract pretty much. It's the only thing they'll have on the books, and they can they can do a clean rebuild. Uh, and they, they didn't have to give up any picks, so they they're good there. So um, it is uh was was pretty crazy, and uh, I think it's gonna take a little bit of time to to get used to playing with each other but i don't think it's going to be the same as what you saw with the warriors or with um even yeah definitely with cleveland and in the past miami teams where there was guys that there was just like it was really clunky first half of the season and, and pretty much the first year of it this team doesn't really have that luxury 
Um, so it's just, I think it's going to be how does the basketball get moved around. Thunder have never really been a very high-volume passing team as far as you know, moving the ball a lot. So does that change at all? But you look at their starting five in general, and that's that's a tough one to like beat as far as potential. Um, I think their bench is going to be the, the part of it where you have all of the questions and have to have to see who what guys materialize. But, I mean, I kind of forgot that they had Patrick Patterson. Um, I like Jeremy Grant. It's, I think, on that guard side, which they've always had issues with. Um, like, who's going to be a backup to Russ and who's going to be some of the guys coming off the bench. There, There isn't really much there right now. Uh, so... So who those guys are is kind of the, the piece that will be interesting, along with just seeing those these three guys start to play together and, and what if they can get into a real nice rhythm. Uh, it, it's going to be fun. I mean, it got me over the moon and like just so hyped for the season to start in general. Uh, and I think the, the biggest thing with me with the Thunder, though, is like it kind of sucks that because uh, I just don't know if Billy Donovan's the guy that really should be coaching this team for this one year. Well, don't ask KD because. Oh well, yeah. He does. <laughs> yep. So. Uh, yeah, I mean that he, that's gonna be tricky because now, you know, on paper this is the second best team in the West. Uh, they should be contending to make the Western Conference Finals. The Spurs are always gonna be tough, and the Rockets are certainly no slouch. And then, you know, we don't need to get into how deep the West is. We've talked about it at nauseum, but. Uh, right. The Thunder, on paper, I would say are the second best team, but coaching wise, boy, they uh, they may have. This is gonna be a bit of an uphill battle because when you're talking about Donovan going against a guy like Pop, guy, I mean D'Antoni, like I guess you know you may not think he's that great of a coach. He won Coach of the Year last year. I mean, yeah, that means no, something. He's... And Steve Kerr, like certainly no slouch, couple rings, like. I mean, we have it's three established NBA coaches versus a guy, you know, a guy that has been in college his entire career, except for the last. Now is th- entering his now third season, so and having to yeah manage three superstars, personalities, and also like come up with an offense to get them all involved. Um, but I, I do think like rotate in like just the rotation they could potentially have and the, the type of lineups they can put together like that's where i'm just wondering if billy donovan's really really up for the task uh more than you know i don't know if scott brooks would have any any better for him but yeah that's the kind of the one one piece of this it's like if you're gonna put all your chips in uh in the middle for one year you'd like to know like the guy that's doing you know the person that's that's handling that de- that deck or is uh, has that hand, whatever the case may be, um, when you do this, an- <laughs> this poor cards analogy at this point, um, like, he's actually <laughs> competent. I mean, like, it's just, that's the part of it where you're just like, well, I mean, you have everything you might need on paper, and it's like, it would just be unfortunate if you said, oh, we didn't make the Western Conference, or we had a chance to beat the Warriors in the Western Conference Final, whatever the case may be, but we got right. outcoached. You know, if, if and that would just be unfortunate for Presti, who's who has gotten some flack since the Harden trade and some. His, <laughs> he's yeah, gotten a lot, some, and deservedly. Yeah, he's so. gotten a lot. Yeah, but I think everyone's like, all those people are kind of like, well, crap. Like, guy showed us, like, <laughs> showed yeah. us our ass a little bit now. Yeah, no, it, you know this. It's going to be – I agree with you that the regular season is going to be a little bit easier for the Thunder now because the toughest – I mean, it, it helps to have guys that can close out games, and now they have three guys. It's great in isolation. It should make Russ a little bit fresher going into the playoffs to not have to shoulder the load quite as much as he did last year. And you could have said that when they just got Paul George. Add Melo in the mix, and that makes things even easier. So now you got three guys that can score in the fourth that you can give – the ball by themselves in isolation on the wing and they can make a play. Um, and then you look at the playoffs, that's where things get a little dicey because while I think that they have are not really at risk to lose to a, a bottom of the conference team, 
or something like that, like when they inevitably run into the Warriors, do they match up with the Warriors very well? Is that going to work out? Because, you know, the, the good thing is you got some really good defensive guys that can switch. Like Roberson is, can really guard one through four. Uh, and then Steven Adams, while he's not that offensively talented, he's playing with three other guys that are going to fill it up. All he needs to do is rebound and play defense, uh, block some shots, protect the rim. Yeah, he gives you easy he an establishment protector. He fits nicely, but uh, you've got some de- you got some liabilities um, on one end of the floor or the other. If you have Robertson on, like you can really leave him open and let him shoot threes. If you have Mellow, like I'm, I'm putting Mellow on pick and roll every play. If I'm Golden State, like you're gonna make him yeah. defend that. It's gonna be tough. Uh, that's what they did against Cleveland. It's what they do against everybody. So no matter what, it's gonna be a, a tough. But the fact that they have three superstars, it, it can make things interesting, especially with Russ, so, who is just like a you know a super duper star and can you know do things that very few people in the league can do. So, so you right now think they're the number two in the West? Yes, and there, I mean, there's definitely room for things to go south with this team because making these three guys fit together. I mean, you, this is a little bit of like what Spolstra had to deal with with Miami is like a a newer, younger coach having to get three superstars to buy in and, and figure out who who's going to be the alpha. Um, how are you going to figure out second units? Like that's going to be tough. But yes, I do think that they have. If I was to bet Andy on is it, less time. Andy is he, less time. But if if Spolter I had to, out of the summer, if I had to bet on it, I'd pick them as my second team in the West. See, I I mean yeah, like I said, I think the bench piece of it like makes me nervous, and I think the Spurs and the Rockets are still deeper than the uh the thunder right now but i le- i mean i think they i mean they're definitely i think have solidified themselves as the top 4 team in the west i just um i'm not completely there yet because i do think i mean i do think the spurs are i mean the spurs had Rudy Gay to that i mean i think that's going to be a really so I mean, every year we Rudy kind of Gay look off at the Spurs a torn, and torn Achilles, man. Yeah, but I'll, I'll bet on Kawhi. I mean, that's the thing. Like I'll Tony bet on Parker. Kawhi. We've, Who's their point yo, guard? We love Dejounte Murray. I think he's gonna be he's gonna be a nice start mm. for him to be able to. Dude, I don't. I mean, Ultra, we do this all the time with them. It's just like you kind of. I know. You just take that that team and pop for granted because it's just it's always good. Um, and you see these these other teams that will come in and add players, and it's just. But every year the Spurs are right there. Um, it's mainly like how they manage their minutes, what they do there. You know how many games they're basically. In a lot of ways, it's it's how many games do the Spurs decide they kind of want to win at points. Like, do they want to try to go for sixty wins, or are they going to be fine with fifty five? You know, so there's just like kind of a, a wild um, piece of with them uh but i think the the rockets added a lot of depth they really i think just having those two dudes in the already established team that was the two seed last year it's i'm not ready to just like discount some of that but i mean i think the thunder on paper which you did say like they i think they have the most potential their ceiling is higher than the other two for for a lot of reasons just because of of the three guys and that flow i mean they're gonna have three top 15 i mean three probably you'd say three top 25 players on their team uh well, according to espn Melo's not even top well 50. yeah we didn't talk about that last week. that crap is ridiculous but he's not yeah that was just that was the most like clickbait example of like this clickbait move I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and I don't. I <laughs> actually, do, I don't think Melo is probably a top twenty-five player, but he's probably a top thirty-five. Hoodie Melo, though. Hoodie Melo Ultra. Well, let's let's don't. let's see what his two K rating is, and we can go from there. But you and I are gonna fight about the Spurs. I already know that we're gonna fight about the Spurs. And I told us so. Every year we we may dabble a little over under uh, betting, and uh, <clears throat> as far as wins and losses go. 
and last year we didn't put nearly enough money on the over for the Spurs, and they always seem to hit. But I, I mean, I got to see what their number is this year. But the West is tougher. And with Tony Parker not being healthy going into the season, Pau Gasol being a little bit older, I don't think Lamarcus Aldridge is happy there. Uh, I'm a little, I'm, I'm not super confident in them. I'm just not. If I had to pick where the Spurs are going to land, I think they're going to be the four seed. Which would be wild. I mean, and I think this, but I think if the Spurs end up being the four, that's because the yeah the war. That's because the Thunder and the rockets are having crazy good seasons like those those two teams i think have will have hit their their potential in the regular season if that happens because yeah i don't know i mean the the only thing is i can just i can see the rocket like the thing with the rockets that concerns me more than anything is like i can see that team take take a few nights off here and there just from like a just uh overall effort perspective and just playing down to some teams like they've, they've kind of have that feel to them in my mind um and i just i i think for the the thunder it just is going to be a kind of a ramp up perspective I, um you know how how many games is it 20 is it 30 before they they get that rolling i mean i think just talent wise they're gonna be fine but i don't think they're gonna be like 500 in that stretch but you know, maybe they'll be twenty and thirty to start the season. I mean, twenty and ten to start the season. Um, so you have to kind of just wonder, like, what that feel out period is for them. Because I mean, the Spurs thing is established. It's that system is rock and rolling. Like everyone knows their role. Um, Pop that entire team is Pop's got control of the entire every last piece of it. So. Um, just that established aspect for them, I think, is something we you have to factor in as a an advantage to them, especially the first half of the season. Yeah, I guess, man. I just I, I believe in the Spurs in the playoffs, but I I don't think with their roster makeup right now is nearly as talented as a lot of these teams. And Pop makes up for a ton of that, and Kawhi just being yeah a top. You know, I think a top three player in the NBA. He's like he make that that makes that goes a long way. I just don't think it's going to yeah. be enough for I the Spurs this so. year. They're getting old. Uh, I just don't think it happened. But we, I want to have enough time here to to talk about media day. But before we get to media day, D Wade buyout heading to Cleveland happens in about twenty four hours, less than twenty four hours. Guy's on the move. He's officially signed a two point three one year, two point three million one year contract. Uh, reported this afternoon. So, what was your reaction when he got bought out? First of all, um, surprised actually how much money he gave up in it. Um, that was surprising. I agree with that. So that was that was one one piece of it. I um really didn't um i thought it was going to be kind of it was going to go into the middle of the season to be honest and probably would have if Dwayne Wade wanted more money um back i mean i think he he could have stretched it out but from looking at i think maybe he looked and did some numbers and was like all right well what ends up happening is he gives back about eight million. He coops back two point three. So I mean, he's gonna almost end up making in these two years post heat almost forty one, like a little under forty one million. Uh, and now have a chance at a title that can be for a championship. Uh, it's not half bad <laughs> for him. I, I think he's he's doing all right there um, from that perspective because um, some of this move to the Bulls was for financial reasons along with playing for his hometown, I guess. But um, So I do think he kind of looked at it and was like, well, if I don't do this buyout before the season, shoot, I'm going to have to go through training camp and kind of that. I think he's now going to be able to kind of grace himself into the regular season. Um, I was surprised he it was so quick to announce that he was signing with the Cavs. I thought we might hear the news by, like, Friday 
Saturday, you know, over the weekend, maybe we it become official. Yeah, quick. He doesn't clear waivers till tomorrow. Yeah, he's gonna clear waivers though. Well, right. I mean, yeah. He uh, no, there's no doubt there, but it I, was um, quick. It was surprisingly quick. It's. I thought incredible. he was gonna stretch so, it out a little bit. So, I, I I agree with all that. I. uh I was really surprised at how much money he gave up. I thought if he was going to get bought out, he might give up a million, few. But he ended up getting like seven, eight million dollars, I believe. Because yeah, I think it was like eight million that he gave up. So he's he's now going to go make two point three in Cleveland and try to chase the ring. Is he? Do you think he's going to come off the bench? See, I don't know. I that because there's some dupe. Like I mean, he I think is almost better suited. To be the point guard over Dwayne Wade to start the year, he over um, uh, Isaiah. Well, Isaiah is probably not going to start. Be back till January. They're saying right now. Okay, I so think, when he's back, he'll start a point guard. But you're saying right now instead of uh, Derrick Rose. Right. I almost think okay. it makes more sense if you put Dwayne Wade there. I don't. That's where it gets weird with this. Like, <laughs> I mean, the Cavs are going to be a little weird from that perspective. They just have a lot of. A lot of guys on that team that you're just kind of wondering where they're going <laughs> to necessarily fit. I mean, I would think you'd want to start JR, um, but JR's, I mean, been a guy that comes off the bench and has been a spark there. I mean, I think it, it's going to depend. I, I think by the time we're in the middle part of the season, I think Dwayne Wade's eventually going to move to the bench. Um, <laughs> but I think it just depends on how much he's got left how that really fits and, and what kind of a role he's willing to take. I mean, I think if Dwayne Wade can shoot decently well from behind the arc, if he can shoot a D de- like if he, depending on how, how well he can shoot, like that's going to give you more of the ability to make him a starter. But, um, cause he is super intelligent and basketball player. And, uh, you know, that ball handling perspective, I think, between him and LeBron, that, that works. I, I can buy into those two guys manning the the ball and run, having the offense run through them in some way until you get Isaiah back and, and have him be that other ball handler. Uh, but, yeah, that's the part. I mean, I think he's he is probably an upgrade if you look at it just from, like, him over Iman, he's probably still he's probably an upgrade from from how Iman had played, but last year. So so from that perspective, it it works. Um, I don't know if it's the best because I was kind of in on him going to the Thunder. To be honest, I thought that was kind of a could have been a fun I mean, fun place for him to play. That would have been wild. Right, I mean, I thought that like from a basketball and just like a needs perspective, him going to OKC almost made more sense to me than him being was, on the Cavs. I was pretty convinced from the get go that ever since he got bought bought out, I was like, yeah, he's going to Cleveland. It's happening. Oh yeah, I mean, I there was there was yeah, I mean, I would have still been completely shocked if he was anywhere but there. I mean, it was the worst kept secret, you know, that was about to happen anyway. Um, so yeah, I, from from, no real shocker there, but I mean, you have, I mean, all the guys in this team, I mean, you're just looking at this team and it's like, he's probably the second, I mean, you've got, yeah, I mean, he's, he'd be the second best ball handler for sure. Um, until Isaiah's healthy and back. That is such. And then I mean, it's like, what do you do? Yeah, I mean, they're gonna figure something out. This is such a weird team. This is gonna it's be so, so. It's weird. like 2010. This team would have been fire. <laughs> I mean, they have so many guys, so yeah. many two guards. I mean, Corver, Iman, Jr., D Wade. I, I don't know. This is gonna be Derek. Weird. So I think <laughs> Derek wrote. Yeah, so they're going to be – I think that my gut feeling is that, first of all, D-Wade is going to play in about 40 games this year. He's not playing the regular season. But the guy is going to – I think he's oh. going to get a ton of run coming off the bench. 
Like when LeBron, LeBron isn't in there, I think D Wade is going to get a lot of run with second unit. Would be my guess. Well, yeah, I, I like in my mind, I think an ideal situation is yeah, he would run your second unit. Absolutely, I think that's that would be what I would try to get him to do. But is that something he's going to be willing to do? You would assume if he's doing this, he's signing a one year, you know, vet minimum. He's doing it with the idea of I'm here to win a championship I'll, I'll do whatever it takes um, right but I mean, maybe him and LeBron have just <laughs> worked that, that part out already yeah I mean I'm, I guarantee that they've worked out what they think is going to happen but whether or not Ty Lue is going to buy into this that's interesting but let's uh so yeah I, I don't I don't think this like makes their I think it will help them against the Warriors because it puts a little more pressure on their defense. Uh, D. Waken is he a is, little more. He's more vers. He's more versatile defensively when he's healthy than any other two guard that they had. But the guy, he's old. Uh, we just got to see I would, shape that. Guy I would say next June, right? I don't. I would say Iman is probably a uh, better def- just purely on ball defender or just well just not on ball even off ball. Iman's probably a better defender than Dwayne Wade right now. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. But Dwayne Wade gives you a lot more, gives you at least a, a piece on offense that can be a threat. And and just from a basketball like IQ and and overall intangible perspective, still has enough. That's where I'm like, if he can just, you know, depending on what, if he shot 35 percent from three this year. I think you would take that in a heartbeat if you're the Cavs and like that that gets him that makes him playable um because otherwise yeah if he can't do that I think you have to look at that like where you're saying that that second unit kind of run the offense then he can do his drives pull up from you know mid-range type of thing and, and just kind of get some offense get some scoring going um, probably not the most efficient, but get get at least some some shots up there. Right. Yeah, that's uh, it's gonna be weird to see him in a Cavs uniform, but hey, can't wait. It's gonna be it's gonna be a weird time in Cleveland this year. There's gonna be a lot of talk, but uh, hopefully, I mean, I think D-Wade will legit like even if he does only play 50 games, I think having him on the team will definitely add a few wins. Yeah. To 50 their games season. feels right. Yeah, 50, I think 40 was games. low. Yeah. He was going to play 40 if he was on the Bulls to start the year, but I think if he's starting the year at the Cavs, he'll, he'll get 50. Right. Uh, let's move on to media day, which was, like you said earlier, a lot of politics talk, but a lot of non-political talk, too. The Thunder was certainly interesting because Mel had just gotten traded there. So he's uh, he's already rocking hoodie OKC Mellow style to the to the podium and answering questions. Uh, someone threw out the idea of him playing off the off the coming off the bench to play for them, and he shot that down right away, which is pretty funny. Uh, Russ was in midseason form as far as uh, giving shit to reporters, which you know was not surprising. But what uh, what were some things that you saw in media day that you thought were entertaining or caught your eye? Well, I'd be. It'd be very off-brand of me if I don't first say Giannis's jokes were top of notch. Um, some of the best comedic work I've I've seen out in the NBA streets. So, um, I, I yeah, I watched a lot of the Bucks media stuff. Um, I'm, I'm buying in on the hype with them a little bit more than I, I was even, which is out. You know, might might be for those that know me well enough. Seemed a little wild that I was wasn't there already, but I'm getting pretty hyped on the the Bucks. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, the like, and this was like another very, I guess, me specific thing that I was interested in. But um, just listening to Derek Rose's comments for the Cavs, uh, guy sounded just a lot different than he had um, last year. No, uh, no talk of another super team he was being on or anything like that. It was um, just kind of like he. I mean, the, his basic message was like, "I'm just excited to be playing basketball. Just 
really like from a basketball perspective i'm super excited um i definitely kind of a lot of it came off to me as being something where it's like i think dude dude got a, a nice stiff glass of uh nba reality where he kind of fit and uh kind of saw his his the next few years of his career and just kind of what he has to to do to to possibly reestablish himself in a way um so it was interesting that way and like he even dropped a thing about like his finances oh i'm i got money saved up and like uh, my son's got like is well off like we're good like i don't have to worry about that i'm here to you know compete for championships and just play basketball but it was just it's wild the cost of living is the bulls fan in me in chicago yeah i mean the bulls fan in me was just like damn this is wow because two media days ago is with the bulls he was talking about being a max level player still getting another max contract so right um (laughs) like that was just comically for me i but um yeah i i think it was pretty um I'd say overall, like there was nothing wild that came out of it. Um, I think, yeah, the big focus was just on all the Cleveland stuff, and obviously, like LeBron, Kyrie, just seeing what each other has to say about the situation. And it's at this point, I, it's it was nothing surprising. Like no one flamed the other guy. Um, LeBron said he was ready to give Kyrie the keys, so. Take that as you will. Um, I think uh, overall there was nothing where I was like, you know, big crazy takeaways. Uh, but outside of Giannis's great comic, he's a he's not only a Greek freak but he's a comedy freak. Yeah, I, he's a funny dude. He's a goofy mofo, man. I love Giannis. It was good. He's yeah. I mean, he's <laughs> yeah. He. Uh, he really, he was like, yeah, he was sounding like their practice. They were asking about the new practice facility they're in. And he was like, yeah, I kind of wanted to buy. He's like, I was kind of sad when I found out we were moving out of the old one. Because that's, you know, where I, the only place I've practiced, you know, it's, it was like home to me. He's like, I thought about buying it, but then I realized how much uptake it would cost and realized that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm glad he thought that one out. <laughs> yeah, like, like what? But, um, no, it's just um, overall, yeah. I mean, it just was like it was really just kind of fun to listen to all that, and just I mean, for I mean, I'm sure so many people were just like it was nice to just be like, damn, basketball's almost back. <laughs> like here we go. This right. is just with everything. Um, and it just yeah, it was cool with the Mellow trade happening. That was his introductory press conference. Hoodie Mellow was all over the place. Um, yeah, it was just uh, as far as just a little pump up before we get training camp just but so everyone knows it's it's we're only a few weeks out everyone we're almost there almost got basketball back and then everything in the world will be right if only it was sooner man i wish it was but uh before before we go we have a few quick hitters so another thing that was reported um and i i'm not sure who first reported it honestly so i apologize but uh so the a NCAA announced today that uh, the FBI FBI well yeah so the FBI um, I mean they ended up arresting 10 different Mm. go ahead no I was yeah I was it was yeah the there's a three year investigation that the FBI has been conducting um, it was focused on, on coaches being paid tens of thousands uh, to steer NBA players, NBA potential NBA prospects towards sports agents, financial advisors, shoe companies. So one of the – it was uh, Chuck Pearson from Auburn, Lamont Evans from OK State, Emmanuel Book Richardson from Arizona and USC's uh, Tony Bland with four assistants – um that were all but then this is i mean it there's some um you look but like so adidas was involved um james gatto is the who's the director of global sports marketing for adidas another adidas employee um then you had 
ASM saw right before we started recording their offices got raided today and the president of uh of asm andy miller the fbi had a warrant to take his computer so like this thing is is pretty was pretty widespread um but overall i would say if anyone's even a decently hardcore basketball fan uh why ultra you were saying like shocker. when we were talking about this before what big a shocker, shocker. <laughs> Crazy, what a shocker. Crazy Wild. that NCAA basketball is corrupt. This is blindsided. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's about as un- unshocking of a thing as I've seen in a while. And I I hope that we get more details. I think that we'll get more yeah. details. I think a lot. There are many more guilty parties that are going to come to light My- about this. Uh, it should. This should have been done a long time ago. I mean. My, uh, well, that's, that's my, th- so when I saw it was three years, I was like, what? Why, why did it take that long? Like, I, I don't think it would have. Like, you just need to like go to like four or five different neighborhoods of like where a bunch of guys like they would all talk. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. If I if I had been conducting a three year investigation for the last three, I'd years, have more than ten. I guarantee names. there would be bigger headlines today than what the FBI just came out with. Like, come on, there's got to be more. So, you know, we're gonna that will be something that we we continue to to talk a, a little bit about because unquestionably. Uh, they're going to be um, some more people, I, and I, it'll be really interesting to see if there are some big names that come out of this. And I think the answer is well, yes. Well, so I would I would say like there's definitely gonna be something that comes down for those four schools depending on what, because like the NCAA at one, I think it was like 2013, it's like 2012, 2013, 14, somewhere in that range. They basically this is this came up when like Louisville got. Knicks, because you saw Rick Pitino even do this, where it was like, but basically, uh, like, NCAA head coaches, like, they can no longer be like, oh, it was a rogue assistant or something like that. It's, the rules basically got changed, or the precedent was set that, like, anything that goes on in that program ultimately falls on the head coach, and they're ultimately, potentially, you know, they'll be held responsible, the program will, it's not... This defense of like, oh, it's just one guy. I had no idea. Like, you can't punish the program thing. The NCAA kind of nicks the whole fall guy part of it. Um, but you know, hey, guess what? Ultra, you know, here's a great idea. If you just played the players, you wouldn't have to do all this backdoor stuff. You just kind of have it up, be out in the open. No bribes. Just kind of, you know, let it all be out there, regulate it. Yeah, I, uh, I think we're probably away from that happening, PJ. But you're right. It's a very interesting point, um, but yeah, like I said, we'll we'll continue to we'll continue to update on the or give updates on the, on this pod if we find more out about this investigation. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And uh, the last little bit of NBA news: Tristan and Khloe Kardashian are expecting a baby. Just announced, fresh off the press. Fresh off the press. <laughs> TMZ, uh, fresh report. I'll be honest. Can't I, wait. I was not expecting it to get to this point. I thought that those two probably would have called it quits before they were at this point. You know, I, you and LeBron were banking on the same thing. I'd say, <laughs> I'd say something right now. LeBron is just like I think LeBron. Uh, I do think that potentially Tristan had to give up his goalie in the Kyrie trade to just really. LeBron was like, you know, I want to have the most challenges possible. Kyrie's gone fine. You know what? Tristan, stop using birth control. Have, you know, knock up Chloe. I know you've been trying to you've wanted to do it for the last two years. Just like it's fine. I'm just gonna have an MVP season and, and it'll just I'll be fine. Like that's that's what we're gonna get out of my last year in Cleveland type of thing. Um Yeah, I'm excited for the uh Chloe and Kylie pregnancy series that they'll be debuting on E probably later in the Maybe early spring, late, wait, maybe January, February time. That'll be great. I wonder Set what really the name. Example I wonder if boy mothers. or girl will be interesting. I wonder the name. This is uh this is a. Oh, it's a boy. It's a power. Oh, it's a boy. Mm, yeah, I do too. Uh, and before we go, Peach, I do want to get your quick two-week you. review of two K. Oh, you didn't want to ask me about the Nikola Mirotic signing and. Oh, the Bulls gave him a no trade the first year. You know, it's a I, team oh, option. I, you know, I was going to be nice and let this skip over. I wanted to let you yeah. marinate on this a little bit. But, yeah. I'd like, no I marinating like to hear, needing. 
Well, give me your take uh, on that. Well, he's on the Bulls, and he is, can't be traded this year, but hopefully they just don't pick up his option after this year. But, hey. Nikola Mirotic ended up, out of all those restricted free agent guys we're gonna talk, we talked about, probably ended up the best. Shout-out to Gar, Gar, you know, Garpax. You know, really held a strong fist on that negotiation side of thing. Like, I mean, he's still getting paid more per year than Roberson. I don't know. That's what I'm. No, I mean that's what I mean. Like he's. I'm just wondering, like, what the Bulls. The Bulls are like, oh, it was a good deal for both sides. I was like, what part? The only, like, it was essentially a one-year deal with an option. Like, if he ends up yeah, being, what was Miritich's like bargaining chip with that? I don't know how he got that much. He money. had no leverage. They like, and that's what I mean. Like, I just like the Gar, our Gar Foreman said of the Bulls media day. It was, oh, it was a good deal for both sides, like mutually beneficial. I was like, I think Nikola yeah. pretty much got the best end of this. Like, he's not getting a trade this year. He make a good he amount has to of money. Say that though, he can't be like, yep, we totally messed this one up. Well, right, but I was like, what? What was your? What was the benefit that you're pitching me? Like, the only thing I could hear, like, I could reasonably be like, okay, that makes sense. If you're like, well, you know, we only, it's only really like you look at it as a one year, and if he ends up being a freaking all star, like we get him on the cheap for year two, like okay, <laughs> like, and then you can trade him. Like I don't like there is like really um, not much, but um, in the end, it's also Nikola Mirotic, and we really shouldn't waste much breath on him, but. You will, uh, you know, basketball is coming back when I'll have my fire bulls takes, and mainly I'll just be complaining about Nikola Mirotic's bum ass. Yeah, I think that we'll get plenty of talk on you, bum. Episodes. In the words of LeBron, you bum. Uh, well, uh, so two K. So two K, yeah. Give me, um, give me your, give me. I mean, we haven't been able to play a lot, or at least I haven't. But yeah, what do you think? I like it. I like the uh, just the kind of the, the polish on the game, the general the player movements and, and kind of the score. I mean, it's it feels a lot more realistic, just the gameplay overall. Um, I would agree with really, that. Really, I mean, it's yeah, tougher it's like, to drive the lane. I mean, we're it yeah. Is. I mean, talk about video games. Like we can't. We're not gonna do it full justice, but the game is definitely different. Different feel. It's good. I like it. It's awesome, like always. Yeah, I'm like still trying to. Get, I haven't done the my player yet, so I do have to uh, kind of get into that mode a little bit. I've just been kind of doing some did a my GM because Katie just likes talking that up. So I was like, all right, I'll try that. So did that with the Bucks. Kind of doing some of the my team where that's like the basically like the Madden like the or EA Sports version of the. Um, ah, shoot, I forgot what that game mode is. But you have the cards, and it's like kind of a mixed match fantasy type Ultimate thing. team? Yeah, ultimate team. It's the 2K ultimate team thing. Um, dipped in that, just, you know, generally playing with the teams. Uh, haven't gone to dip into I'm excited to test out the old uh, new newly formed Thunder here, see how they, they compare to everyone else. But, um, yeah, I mean, overall, I think uh, – Game did some things. Uh, the changing that shooting meter part has been a little bit of an adjustment for the guy over that here. That turned me off end. big time. Yep. Yeah, I had to like change the uh, the color on it and stuff, and do some do some Same. stuff with that. Same. Yeah. Because that was like not working out, but um. Yeah, you know, I think um, I think it's gonna be fun. I'm definitely like going to pretty much invest uh, most of my video game time. I think the next four or five months only into 2k i kind of wavered on some other things last year i feel like my overall performance and ability in the game kind of dropped so i have to you know look myself in the mirror realize that uh you know i have to make myself better and uh we gotta gotta find ways to improve and uh we're just gonna hit it hard uh all winter we're just gonna be 2king it up and then you know as we all know i'll probably be just school and ultra in it for almost the entire anytime we get to play uh one another get some get some online matchups going and just work ultra give them that work mm, well <laughs> i don't like that pj i think that's a bit of a lie but you know what we'll we'll get our give Fake ourselves news. a few uh a few weeks to practice here and we'll see 
See, I was uh, crushing it with D'Angelo for a minute, which was kind of wild. That's he, random. Was, yeah, it was really random. But I wasn't upset by it. But um, I'll, I'll be I'll be dominating with Giannis in no time. He's just thriving with Alan Crabb in Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's close up shop here, Peach. So um, please leave us a well, First of all. We appreciate the listens from everybody. Uh, please Thanks. send us emails at thepointforwardnba at gmail.com. Uh, give us a rating and review on uh, iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, check us out at The Point Forward on Twitter. And uh, can't, uh, can't wait to do a pod closer to the season here, Pete. So we'll talk to you soon, man.